0: Welcome to this teaching. Today I'm going to talk about something really amazing, something that is changing the world right now. Many life is getting changed out of something we call kickstarting. Kickstarting is to help people to take the first step. So things is not only theology anymore, but we actually do it. For example, now we have had some teaching about healing, but we have to act on the Word, not only hear the teaching. We have to act on it. And God has shown us a way to get people kick-starting, so they start to act on the Word. And because of that, many lives is getting changed. And you have to understand that when we talk about faith, faith is like a muscle. It only grows when you use it. If you want to have a strong faith, then you need to use the faith you already have. You need to train it and you need to use it because then you're going to see how this is growing. So I look forward to sharing this teaching with you and in the end of the teaching, I'm going to give you a practical tool, something you need to do to get kickstarting and this lesson can change your life and many people around you. God bless you. Yeah, welcome to this teaching. This is lesson number six out of 20 on the Pioneer School. And uh, I look forward to share what I'm going to share with you now. This I'm going to share now is the most powerful tool I have ever seen when it comes to discipleship, when it comes to set people on fire, when it comes to revival. Somehow I have seen this Changed so many people's life. And what I'm going to share now is going to spread all over the place. Right now it's spreading all over Holland. It's spreading in Finland. All over Sweden. A lot of this is happening in Denmark right now. And many, many other countries. And when I know, saw that there was so many people who is attending this Pioneer School. I thought that, whoa, when people is going to catch what I'm going to share this time. This is going to change the world, <laughs> because this is a very, very strong tool you can use to see life get changed. You can use to change cities. <laughs> and, and the word I'm going to talk about, the word I'm going to learn you is the word kickstart. What is Kickstart. Kickstart is something for me and my friends here in Denmark and other places now. Kickstart is a word we often use. When my friend from other places in Denmark or Sweden or Holland con- contact me, often they say, hey, we are just out yesterday to kickstart five people or four people. Or I'm going to kickstart somebody tomorrow. When they're saying to me they're going to kickstart somebody, I know what kickstart means. And after this teaching, you will also know what kickstart is all about. So I'm going to call up, talk about kickstarting, and I'm going to show you how amazing this tool is to change life. Many many years ago, I have a moped, and it had like a kickstarter. So if I had want my Mobile to get started, I took the speeder and then I took the kickstart and and I kickstarted my mobile so I could drive on it our life today as Christian we also need to get kickstarted kickstarted we use that word when we train people when we get people started with obeying god especially in healing the sick but i have also like kickstarting people in baptizing other people with the holy spirit where i had people with me who have never before baptized anybody with the holy spirit and because of that they had a lot of fear but when I kickstarted them, showed them how to do it or did it with them, then they learned it. And when they was kickstarted, they could do it alone. And in many of our videos on my website, thelastreformation.com, you can see how we take Christians who have never before healed a sick and we take them out to the street and we kickstart them. And this is very simple. We just say, come and follow me. And then we go out, we find some sick people, and then we say, lay your hands on them and pray. And when they have done it and, and have experienced the first person get healed through their prayer, something happened inside of them. It's like a motor that just gets started. And, and suddenly everything they have read, everything they have heard in the church, Become, become more than theology, it become life. Jesus didn't come with theology, he came with life. He didn't come and give us some words, so we do, should talk about it and build doctrines about it. He came with words, so we should do it. And it's first when you actually do it, it become alive to you. And last time I spoke about healing, and when I spoke about him last time, for many it was like an eye-opener. But if you don't sit action behind what I talk, if you don't act on this word, you're going like I told you two times ago, that you are going to deceive yourself. Because then, what I taught you last time is going to continue being theology. It's going to continue being just knowledge. But when you act on it and see that this is modern theology, when you act on it and actually go out, lay your hands on the sick and see how they get healed through you, in that moment, it become life. And first time you experience that, this is what we call kickstarted. Then the motor inside of you is getting kickstarted and suddenly like, whoa, I want more. I want more. And that motto inside of you is going to change everything in your life. And when we kickstart people, when it comes to healing, it's going to change everything. Not only healing, because everything become life then. It's also going to change their prayer life. It's going to change how they read the Bible, is going to change how they, they see God in, in fast, it's going to change how they preach the gospel, it's going to change that people are getting saved to them. So it's not only about healing, but to kickstart people with healing is a good and easy way to start the motor inside of people. And I if you see my videos on the last reformation you see a lot of Christian who's like just like whoa this is amazing <laughs> and that experience praying for the first person who get healed through you you cannot get that by reading books. You can not get it by sitting and looking at the video on this pioneer school. No. The only way you can get it when you act on it and experience it. And this is what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about kickstarting, how it all started for me. How we have used it to see many lives changed. How you can use it to change other people around you. And in the end, I'm going to give you the practical advice I can give you, so you can go out and get kickstarted. And then, when you have learned it, is going to change everything. And I think we, I remember before I, you know, when I was new in the faith, I came in a church where somehow I kept some church glasses on me. And I thought at that time that if I just continue going to the meetings, coming to the ca- campaigns and meetings and campaigns, and I was like grown up in seminary and campaigns and, and Bible's teaching, and and I was sitting there, and to be honest, I was waiting. I think I was waiting for a prophet to come one day and look at me and say, Torben Senegal, I have a word for you, for to, today is going to start in your life. Now you have the power to heal the sick. Now you can do it. Now you have the faith. Now you have the ministry. Now everything's going to explode. To be honest, I was thinking like that. And I think many people today is thinking the same. They are sitting in church, listening to teaching, and waiting for something. Waiting for something supernatural to happen. Waiting for something amazing where a prophet is going to come and point them out. And suddenly they wake up in the morning and they have faith and everybody they pray for get healed. I thought that, but I don't believe that anymore because this is a lie. So many people is sitting and waiting for something, but there is nothing to wait for. Jesus have done everything. And there is, I think many is going to be disappointed if they think that one day they are going to receive a big ministry like that. No. I think it's much more practical. I think you learn by doing. And this is what Kickstarting is all about is taking the first step you learn by doing. And again, faith is like a muscle. It only grows when you use it. So faith is like a muscle, it only grows when you use it. So it's not like you're sitting in the church, sitting listening, and whoa, you have great faith. No. How do you get great faith? By using what you already have. How do you learn to do things? By doing it. And when you do it a lot, you become good at it. And then you grow in it. And kickstarting is just to take the first step. And when people have taken the first step and see, hey, I can do this. If they then take the next step, And next step, and next step. They're going to see that this is going to grow and grow and grow and grow. To heal the sick. This is the focus now. The next time I'm going to talk about uh, preaching the gospel. But heal the sick and preach the gospel is not something we can do if we want to. (laughs) No, this is a commandment he had given us. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Then you have denied yourself. Take up your cross. And you said yes to follow Jesus. And this is what he have commanded you to. To heal the sick and preach the gospel. And this is something you can learn. It's not so difficult. If we just make disciples the way Jesus did it. We learn by doing. And uh, But again you saw that this continued. So it was not like if there was a sick person. Who came to Jerusalem just the two days after Jesus had died on the cross. It was not like he was, oh no, oh, if I just have come two days before. Because if I have come some days before, I could get healed, but now Jesus is gone. No, he's not gone, because he sent his Holy Spirit down here. And we are still his body today. And you see that in the book of Acts, that this continued... So what you read in book of Acts was crowd came to Jesus and they all got healed, exactly as what we read when Jesus was here. So the only difference between what we read in Matthew 9.35 and book of Acts 5.16 is that here it was Jesus physical on earth. Here it was Jesus' body on earth by the Holy Spirit, you and me. So so, so Jesus have not changed. He's the same today. Also now, 2000 years after. But our problem today is that we have something that's very clear and it's clear when, uh, when you went through the last teaching. This is so clear. We have called to do that. But then we get theology, religion, tradition, and we said, Say Put everything here who's very clear out of power because of our theology, because of our teaching. For example, yeah, but it's not everybody who have the gift of healing. And I've talked about that before, so I don't want to talk about it again. But it's like, that small line in the Bible is not everybody who have the gift of healing. That teaching have crept into the church. So today we have Millions of Christians who's unfaithful to God, who don't obey Jesus' word because of one small line in the Bible who have been misunderstood. So many people today, everything here, so clear, Jesus did it, called his disciples to do it, called the other disciples to do it, called them to make other disciples and do the same. Everything that is so clear in the big picture, suddenly don't matter today. Don't count today, because it's not everybody who has the gift of healing. And this is religion. This is religion that come into the church. So we take one line, one sentence here, one sentence here, and put everything out of place, out of power. And it's not only when it comes to healing, it's when it comes to speaking tongues. I'm going to talk about that later. Baptism, Holy Spirit. When it comes to almost everything that's so clear in the book of Acts and with Jesus, we put it out of power. We, we don't know, it's not like that because one line is saying that, one line is saying that. And I hate it. I hate it. We need to take the glasses off. And we need to see the big Picture, and and I have an uh, email where you're going to see that again. One of the one who wrote to me was dear uh, Tom. Thank you for the lesson. We are watching the teaching as a fellowship on Sunday, and after we watched lesson five, there was a long silence. People was like in shock, like whoa, what is this? <laughs> There was really a lot to absor- absorb and gave us many things to talk about and ask God about. So I like that. But I have two questions. Have all the people you pray for been healed? And I can say no, they have not. Not yet. <laughs> because I'm still on, I'm still learning. I see more and more get healed. Yes. But I have praying for many people who don't get healed. And there I want to say something. I want to say that Paul in Corinthians is saying. Follow me as I follow Christ. Or, or imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I would say the same to you. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. That means that. The place in my life where I imitate Christ, there you should imitate me. But the other places where I don't imitate Christ, you should not imitate me. (laughs) What I want to say that it's so easy to ask me a Christian, say, have you done that? And then I can say no. Oh, then I don't need to. Hey, 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 you don't have, it's not me you have to follow, it's Christ. I don't follow you, I don't follow a man, I follow Christ. So I look to him. So when I have mistakes in my life, when I have places in my life where I have not grown into maturity, don't take that as an excuse. Because it's not me you have to imitate in that area. There is Christ. Only imitate me in the area where I imitate Christ. I want to say that because in this teaching... I'm going to come with some very practical advice later. And this is practical advice for many people to take the first step to pray for sick people. And I take it down to a level where everybody can somehow start. But because I had that practical advice, for example, I say, I'm going to say that don't start with praying for big sickness. Start to use the muscle the faith must start to use with something you are able to lift. When I'm going to say that, this is a good advice I can give to many people to get started. But if you are like, whoa, fill up with faith, don't be limited by what I'm saying. Because this, what I'm saying, it is a advice to help people. And now we are in a certain level, but we are growing, and I'm growing. And you can see that in my videos, things is growing. So if I said start with small sickness, start at a place where you have faith, don't be limited by that. Because if you have faith to go to the hospital and pray for all the sick people from the beginning, do it, because it will look more like what Jesus did. So I want to say that, yes, I have prayed for many who have not got healed, many, many, many people. But I learn by doing, and it's less and less who don't get healed immediately. And I've learned something, still worrying me about not giving up. Because when I continue, 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 and continue praying, I'm going to see the result. So I don't say that people don't get healed, because I think there's something about continuing and continuing. More about that later. Another question they have. Why don't you go? Why don't you? Why do you go to the street and malls looking for sick people when there is a lot of sick people at the hospital, desperate for need of healing? I can also say there is a lot of sick people in the churches. It should not be like that, but there is. Uh, Why do I go to the street because there is freedom there? For me, it's all about freedom. Uh, If I go to a mall. I feel free, but if the security guard who's working there come to me and say, you are not allowed to do it here. I go, I stop. Because I cannot pray for people in free, in, and be free. If, if I should look over my shoulder, who is watching, who is coming to me and saying something now? And that's why I'm very not so often go to the hospital, for example in Denmark, because you're not allowed to just do that. I've been at the hospital and prayed for sick people. At the same time, I think it's so good to get some good experience. And that's why I do it a lot on the street to somehow help us to grow in faith. And this is the whole part of kickstarting. But I have been to the hospital and I have seen people, new, safe people go to the hospital from the first day. Because they don't have the same fear I have. And remember, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But I'm still fighting with fear in my life. I'm growing. I'm getting free. But I have a background. I also have a lot of traditions I have to break out of. And God is helping me. A lot of new things is happening. So when we talk about discipleship, I'm always trying to give everything I can give in the area I look like Christ. In the area where I'm still fighting with fear, I don't give my fear to people. I said, okay, have your faith, do it. I encourage people to grow. And I want to say to you, you don't have to grow as slow as I ha- have been growing when it comes to healing. You are allowed to explode and become like Jesus very fast. So don't be limited by what I'm going to share in this teaching when I'm going to come with practical advice. Because now I go down to a level where I try to work with people and train people. but And use that, but don't be limited by it. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Okay. I have um, another emails I got, and I, I want to just use some time to talk about this before I'm going to get started with the kickstarting thing. Somebody wrote to me, Shalom Torben, thank you for your teaching. I, when I watched the video, I was crying a lot. This is what I've been longing for many years. I have a question about James 5, 16. And then he asked a about unforgiveness, because unforgiveness is an open door for sin and, and sickness. And I believe that. I believe that unforgiveness and sin can open a door. But it seems like out of James 5, 16, that you need to forgive before you can get healed. And this is what he's asking about. So that it can be a hindrance for healing and it can be unforgiveness. Another is writing to me, he told him, I find your lesson amazing, and I become so passionate and keen on God. Thank you. I would like to put into context what you have been teaching about healing. James 5.14. This, I believe, is one word that people have used within the church to say that not all can heal. You are not in position to heal order and you don't have experience enough. And this is two letters I've got about James five, sixteen and we're going to look at that. I just want to say the last thing he wrote here that you are not in a position to heal order and you are not experienced enough. Try to think of that last line. You are not experienced enough. If somebody said to you, you cannot heal because you are not experienced enough. This is so crazy. It's so stupid. Try to think of that. It's the same as I say to you, if you are going to baptize somebody. And I say, no, you cannot baptize person, people because you have not baptized before. It's the same. If I say to you, you cannot baptize because you have not baptized before. But, but when can I ever start to baptize then? You must first baptize when you have done it before. You cannot say that. And to say to somebody, you cannot do this because you don't have experience enough. When am I going to get experience when I, if I cannot do it? Can you see this is somehow so crazy? So, but James five. And I I, I do a very short here because I want to continue now there is so much I want to say. James 5. Now I read it with religious glasses. What people often say James 5:14 is anybody sick among you let him call the elder in the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus and prayer the prayer of faith and will save him, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he have committed sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your sin, uh, confess your transgression to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Okay, this is what the class is saying. If anybody is sick, then it has to be our elder in the church who can do it it's not everybody who can do it because it's only our elder who can do it and they go to the sick and they're like very holy with oil and like prayer special prayer like and pray for the sick people and uh yeah it stands that they shall be healed but often they don't do it but okay they get healed and they're sick because they have sin in their life And before they can get healed, they have to ask forgiveness for their sin. So before I can pray for you and you can get healed, what sin do you have to ask forgiveness? And when they ask forgiveness, then we can pray and they can get healed. This is somehow what the class is saying. But what do Jesus say? How do this match up with this? Do Jesus say that it can only be an elder who can pray for sick people? No. Do we see in Jesus' life and in the Bible other places that if you have sin in your life, you cannot get healed? No. They all have sin in their lives, the people they pray for, and they still got healed. And everybody prayed. It was not only elder. And what about the anointing? Shall we anoint everybody? You don't read that with oil. You don't read that so many places. What do we do now? When we have a place in the Bible that says something opposite what the Bible said very clear. And I want to say to you, each time there is something that is very clear in the Bible And the big picture is saying something, and you have words like, like this, who's saying something seems opposite. Then you know that the big picture is always saying the truth. Theology is going in and saying, no, this is truth, and the big picture is wrong. No, no, the big picture is always true. Look at Jesus. So this is the big picture, and this is wrong. What What do we do then? Then we pray. Then we ask God, God, reveal this text to me. Because this is the truth, and if this text is saying something else, then there is something I don't understand here. And just two days, three three days ago, I got a revelation. I was like, whoa, I was totally high. The Holy Spirit is absolute the best teacher on earth. He's going to teach us the truth, and the truth is going to set us free. So, when I got this question, I, to be honest, I didn't fully understand James 5. So, two, three days ago, I was sitting with the Bible, and I was saying, Okay, God, I know this is the truth, but I don't understand these verses. Open my eyes. Help me to understand what this verse is saying. And suddenly, God taught me by the Holy Spirit, came, and I saw the truth. And now I'm like, whoa, this is so amazing. So I'm ready to take your glasses off. I'm ready to hear things in a new way. And when you first see that, this is just one example of how theology can kill people and how when you get your glasses off, often suddenly you see things in a new way. James 4, James 5. I want to say James is... You have to know the background. We always have to know the background. The book of James, the letter of James is the oldest letter we have. So it's a very, a letter who's written in the beginning of the church, in the, in the beginning of the church. And therefore, when Stephen was stoned, the Jewish Christians was Spread all over the place. And James wrote that letter to them. So it's a letter in the, the oldest letter we have, a letter to, in the beginning of the church, a letter to many new people in the faith. So it's a very practical letter. He goes through many of the things Jesus is going through in the Sermon of the Mount. And it's a practical letter, like with faith and deeds and holiness, be like God and sin and, and, and Take care of each other. So it's a very simple and practical letter to new believers. And you have to understand that. And then he said to those, he said to, them, to the people, is there anybody around you who's sick? And amongst you, it can mean a lot. It, it don't have to be the most strong, filled with the Holy Spirit Christian. No. He said, if there, is there anybody amongst you, amongst you who's sick? Let him call the elder of the church. The elder is not a position. It's not like somebody who have been ordained and have a position. If you take the word elder here and see the word, you find the same word with the prodigal son, the lost son in Luke 15. The oldest son was out on the field working. This is the same word, the oldest Son is the same word here for elder in the church. Another place is in Book of 2 2.17. Young people shall see vision and old men shall dream dreams. So it's the same word again. But here we have our class when we read elder in the church. We think position. No, elder just means more experience. It means older, like in AIDS, How old are you? But in church, old have is have not always to do with AIDS. Of course, it has often because you older you have you more experience. Do you have? But older can also mean m- mature. So call the old, the mature people in the church and let them pray. And then when we read. Anointing with oil. Remember, it was in the beginning of the church. There were Jews. They know oil from their traditions. So oil was something that could help them to put faith into it. To, to understand what it's all about. But it's not the oil who healed. He said, pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer is going to heal the sick. So what he's saying is, is there anybody around you who's sick? Then call somebody more mature and let them come and heal you. Because if somebody around among you are sick, then you are not so mature yet. You don't understand what Jesus did on the cross because you are not able to heal the sick. So call somebody else to do it. And then he said afterwards, confess your sin to to, to each other. He don't say to the sick people, confess your sin only. No, he said, confess your sin to each other. Why? So they can get healed? No, so they can get forgiveness for the sin. Because after he said, confess your sin to each other, he said, a righteous man avails much. And then he's talking about Eliza was a righteous man. And he prayed and God did. So what is he saying? Here there is, here there is somebody amongst them who's not, who's sick. And he said to them, okay, call some other people from the church, some elder, some more mature people. Let them come and heal the sick. And yes, maybe you are sick because you live in sin and there, repent and you can get saved. And then he said to those people there, confess your sin to each other. Confess your sin. Why? Because the John 1 9 is saying that if you confess your sin to each other, God is faithful and want to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Because when they have confessed their sin to each other, then they are righteous because God has forgiven them and then they can pray and people can get healed. So it's not because the sick person have to pray to receive for healing, no, he didn't get healed because the people there was not able to heal him because they have sin in their life. So he said to them, "Call somebody who is righteous and let them come and pray the prayer of faith and heal you. And then have you sinned, for, for confess your sin to each other." And then you can pray for each other. Then you don't need to ask for a elder in the church because everybody can heal the sick. Can you see it? Suddenly it gave a total order to understand it. And if you continue reading, he's ending the chapter with, with him who get a sinner to turn from his error, save his soul. He said that just after that. The Bible never used the word sinners of strong Christian, born again Christian, often. A Christian who lived with God. No, we are holy to the holy in this city, to the holy in Corinth, to the holy in Ephesus. We are holy. But here you find he used the word sinners. Because those people amongst them was not righteousness. And that was why they were not able to heal the sick. So they said, call for somebody elder in the church, some mature people, and let them come and heal the sick. And then you can ask forgiveness, and you can confess your sin to each other, so you can get forgiveness for your sin. Be righteousness. Because when you for- confess your sin to each other, God is faithful and cleans you for all unrighteousness, and a righteous Prayer is very strong. <laughs> Can you see it? This is what the words is saying. Okay, I just need to go through this. I know I've taken a lot of time for, on this, but this is really important. Kickstarting. What is kickstarting? How did it all start? For me, it started six years ago. I was out to have some teaching about healing. And the teaching was, uh, the, the teaching was called, heal the sick, one hour is all you need. And I used that, heal the sick, one hour is all you need because the teaching I have was one hour about healing. But then I got the idea, I don't just want to say that, I want to show it. So the day before I was going to talk on that Bible came, it was a Bible camp. I took one young person who had been saved one month, and I said to him, "Do you want to do you want to pray for sick people who's going to get healed?" He said, "Yes." Do you want to do that? Yes, of course. Okay, can I borrow you the next hour because then I want to do something with you? And he said, uh, "Okay." So I said, "The time is now f- uh, five or four uh, t- uh, fifty-two. In one hour." we are back here at the same place. I read for that. Okay, jump in the car with me. And he jumped in the car with me and we went to the city. When we came to the city, I said, come and follow me. I found some sick people and prayed for them. They got healed. And then I said to him, did you see that? Now it's your turn. And I found one more person who was sick and said, now you do it. And he prayed and this person also got healed. In one hour, we are back the same place again. Yes, now we are back again. Thank you very much. And I then told him, I don't want you to tell this to anybody because I'm going to use that tomorrow in my workshop and don't want people to hear it before. It had to be a surprise. And he said, okay. But then different things happened. What happened first was he ran from tent to tent and telling everybody about what just happened. And when I saw this, I was like, hmm, Interesting. I forbid bid him to tell anybody about it, but he could not stop telling about everything he had seen and experienced. And I remember, it's almost like what we read in the Bible: the first disciple was forbidden to tell about Jesus, but they could not stop telling about everything they have experienced and heard and seen and heard. And it was the same with this guy. And I was like, interesting. But then there was a battle who was starting in me. Because I fear God and I want to do the right thing. And my religious classes were saying that if this is not love, don't do it. It have to be love. You have to be led by the Spirit. And I was not led by love that t- day. I was not felt like I was led by the Spirit. <laughs> to be honest, I only did it because I want to have a testimony the day after to show to people. It was the only reason I did it, to show this testimony. So what did I do? I was like, God, help me. I was praying and say, God, help me. Help me, God. Show me. Show me this is wrong, God. I don't want to do something wrong. I want to be led by you. I want to do it in love. I want to do it the right way. And and I was fighting with that because it was very mechanic. And yeah. And I was at a meeting the same evening, and I was standing there and praying, and then a worship leader stood up and said, I want, I want you everybody to stand together with me and pray with me. I have a son, his name is Yebe, can you pray with me? He's not living with God or something like that. And I was like, hmm, Yebe. I was just thinking, we prayed for somebody today who got healed, his name was Yebe, and he know this church. And he was very open. Interesting. So I went to her afterwards and said, hey, your son's name is Yebe? And she said, yes. Do you hear a problem in the foot? And she looked at me and said, yes. How do you know that? Not anymore. He got healed this afternoon. And she was like, whoa. And and for me, it was really strong because suddenly I saw that when I was I was fighting with, is this the right way? I was not led by love. I was not. I didn't feel the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I just did it to get a testimony to show the day after. But when I thought and was fighting with that, it was not the right way. I saw that we were led by the Spirit because we were an answer to her prayer that night. And it was not me who prayed for her son. It was the new person who prayed for her son. And since that, I have many, many, many testimonies that when we go out to kickstart and do it the way we do it, yes, it seems like it's it's not love, but love is not always a feeling. Love is not always something you are, oh, and be led by the Holy Spirit is not like, oh, no. It's very practical. God has told us to do it, then do it. And when we do it, we are led by the Spirit if we feel it or not. And I have so many testimonies about that. I want to say about love. But if you don't have love, you can do nothing. If you burn yourself, it, it don't count for anything. So it's not to just you need love to go out and heal the sick, no, you need love to live. But, The love will pour out in our spirit by the Holy Spirit, pour out in us by the Holy Spirit. So are you born again? You have love inside of you, but you have to let it out. How do you let it out? Not to sit in church and waiting. No. When Jesus was out there and saw the multitude, he was moved by compassion. When are you going to experience the love? When you are out there. And this is what happened. You don't feel it before, but when you start to be there, it grows inside of you, but I, as I was told, I had many, many testimonies where I see that. For example, I was in Sweden. I had some people say, "Let's go out. You want to get kickstarted? Okay, I take you out." So I took a person out. Again, just practical work. She wants to get kickstarted. I was there. I took her out. But when we are out, what happened? She met a woman, girl, who said, "Oh, I'm, I'm a Buddhist." I don't believe in Jesus, in God, the Christianity, but I got a dream some days ago like an angel came to me and said that I'm going to meet somebody on the street who's going to tell me something I've never heard before and when this person going to stop me, I, I need to listen because what they're saying is the truth. <laughs> we had testimonies like that. Many testimonies. When we are out, God is leading us. But it's not when we're sitting home and doing nothing. No, it's when we are doing it. And and it was how kickstarting this thing started for me. But then there was some year where I didn't do it. Because I didn't at that time really understand how powerful this is. Then some years later, I have a guy here in Denmark, my friend now, Tommy. Tommy, he was a guy who had never led anybody to Christ who who have never healed a sick, who have never baptized anybody in water and the Holy Spirit. And I got in contact with him, and he got baptized and really met God very strong. He was only baptized as an as infants in the state church, so he got baptized and set free, and a lot of things happened in his life. And one day I was going to visit him, and his wife wrote to me, when you are coming, Tommy wants you to take him out on the street, so I hope you are going to do that. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. So when we were eating, have take coffee, I said, Tommy, let's go on this week. What I didn't know and what Tommy didn't know was that I thought Tommy's wife write to me an email that Tommy wanted me to take him out because I had been talking about it. But he did talk with her about that. (laughs) But she was so tired of him just talking and talking and talking and nothing in, and Did not do anything. It was only words. So she wrote to me, because she was tired of him just talking. So she wrote to me, can you take Tommy out? And I was like, okay. But there I took Tommy out to kickstart him. I show him to pray for sick people. Find one and say, Tommy, now you pray. When Tommy prayed for the first sick people, he got kickstarted. Something changed inside of him because the fear was gone because now he had tried it. It was on, he had the fear until he took the first step and actually saw it was working. And when he got kickstarted, it changed something inside of him. A motor got started. And since that, it was one and a half year ago with Tommy since that, he had prayed for sick people every week who have got healed. He and his wife have led the last one and a half year, two years, have led 18 people to Christ, non-Christian baptized, uh, non-Christian background, who have got saved, baptized in water, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and who's doing much the same they're doing. Here I had people who have seen, here also made some video now, people from England who saw his video just came some weeks ago, they were Catholic, they came, they got saved, they got baptized in water with the Holy Spirit and got kickstarted and went home again. Here had a person from Australia, the other end of Denmark, who, who saw his video, jumped in a plane, flew from Australia to Denmark to meet Tommy to get kickstarted, went home to Australia and doing the same there. So out of that kickstart in Tommy's life, 18 people had got saved. Many, many people have got kickstarted. Just um, one month ago, there was a science teacher in Denmark who went to him, got kickstarted. She repented at the same time because she saw that it was more than theology. So she repented and really met God and became radical for Jesus. And she, her um, testimony came in the biggest Christian newspaper in Denmark. And she was told a while, and she had another friend, He, she he kick-started. Uh, and her friend, he had been sitting in church many years, 25 years, have seen one person saved in 25 years. But since then, he had prayed for sick people almost every day for God heal the last uh, three weeks now. And the last three weeks, he have led three people to Christ. <laughs> and this is exploding in Denmark right now. And it's blowing all over the world. One and a half year ago, you can see his name, Peter, on, on our website, The Last Reformation, on the Pioneer School. There was a guy from Sweden who came to Denmark. His name is Peter. He came, he got kickstarted. I took him out. And again, it was like a motor got started inside of him. He went home to Sweden. Now he's traveling all over Sweden. He's kickstarting people all over Sweden. Newspapers talking about it, TV is talking about it, Peter has seen many people saved. He just wrote to me two days ago that they were out on the street, there was a big uh, festival in the city, they were out 12 hours, 60, 70 people that day, and uh, four people said yes to be disciples and follow Jesus. So this is exploding all over the world. And Peter is living an amazing life and he's kickstarting a lot of people all over Sweden now. And I have testimony like this from people who getting kickstarted in Sweden, in Finland, in Holland. I was just there. You see it on our last video. I kickstarted some people and they kickstarted other people and they kickstarted other people. And one of the people who got kickstarted just some few days ago prayed for a woman who got off a wheelchair. She was not able to walk without in two years and she walked home. This is the most powerful things I have seen. Because there is like a motor that is starting inside of them. Because now it's not theology anymore. Now is life and it's power. And it what Jesus came with. It's not only about healing. I have seen people who is fighting with doubt about God. And then I take them out. And I kickstart them and they're standing and crying, oh this is so amazing. And everything in their life gets he- changed. Not only that they learn to heal the sick, no, their prayer life, they want to live holy because suddenly God is there. It's not only theology, He's real. And therefore you want to live holy. Therefore you start to pray, you start to fast. And, and, and it grow and grow and grow. And, and I'm like, I can take any Christian and just train him and learn him very easy to kickstart him, to learn him to heal the sick. And then he start to cast out demons and let people into Christ and baptize them. And this, I think, this kickstarting thing is going to change the world. It's changed in Denmark now. It's changed in Finland and Sweden now. It's changed in Holland. It's changed in many places right now. Also in America, many places people are getting Kickstart. And what is Kickstart? The only thing we do is discipleship out on the street. Take some person out and say, "Come and follow me." Stop some person and then give them the opportunity to pray for somebody and say, "Now you pray." I'm not standing there and praying and 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 want them to think that 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 this is their prayer who heals the sick, while it's mine. No, I'm just standing looking at the face and what is God going to do? Whoa, she got healed. Whoa, he got healed. And the the Christians are amazing. Oh, and and I, and but I can take. Speak. Come with testimony in days about kickstarting. and and, But see our videos where you can see, I take teenagers with me out, kickstart them. And I use it today, not only as a tool to reach people, because Jesus also wants us to use it, I think like a discipleship tool to train and to set people on fire for God. And I use it that and again I see God confirms it. I see that God loves it. Uh, and I had I was in Poland a short time ago and I was sitting after a meeting, a, a, a Saturday evening meeting, I was sitting on McDonald's with some of the young people from the church. And there was two girls who, who really want to meet God. And I asked them, do, do you really want to meet God? And they said yes. Do you really want to meet God? And they said yes. Okay, do everything I tell you the next 10 minutes and you have met God. Are you ready for that? And they look at me like I was crazy. And I said, are you ready for that? And they say, yes, stand up, follow me. And we went out. And when we came out, I ran out, stopped some people. Excuse me, are you sick? Do you have pain somewhere? And they said, yes. And I said to the girl, pray. Pray. Short prayer, and she did that, this man got healed. Fine one, have you prayed? A girl, yes, now you pray, and she got healed. After 10 minutes, we came into McDonald's again. When we came into McDonald's again, those girls was like, and sat down and tell testimonies to the other people around the table. They were on fire. Because God had just used them. And this is what everybody longs. For we are not called to just sit and see other people do it. We are called to experience God is using us. There is nothing greater than that to experience God is using us. And those girls was totally on fire. And very often, for years ago, when I want people to meet God, I invited them to a conference, a meeting, and I hoped that the prophet was going to say, "You and those people met God." But many times that. They didn't meet God at that meeting. They didn't see God. Sometimes they did, many times they did not. What I do now is, if people want to see that God is real, if people want to meet God, I just say, come and follow me. We go out on the street, find some sick people. Because here, you're going to see something happen every time. Here, every time, life is getting changed. So use this as a tool to set people on fire. What happened on McDonald's in Poland was that that night they continued afterwards and they prayed for a girl more who got healed. On Sunday, that girl who got healed came to the church, have given her life to Jesus and have her brother, her, her boyfriend and her mother with her in the church and she came out, she got baptized by the Holy Spirit and gave her testimony to the whole church. So one person got saved that night also and pe- people got on fire because I took ten, 10 minutes to go out and kickstart people. This is a powerful tool. And I want to say to you who know how to go out, stop people and pray for sick people, use this tool to set people on fire. I have a friend in Denmark, he, ha- he just contacted me two days ago. I said, Torben, this is so strong. I want to, this is what I do from from now on. This is so strong. I've been out in church and I started to talk about this. And and there was a woman who came to me. She was on YWAM many years ago, but have lost the fire for God. She came to me. I took her out, kick-started her. And now she's totally on fire again. <laughs> this is so strong. Yes, it is. And I want to say, have you, do you know how to do this? Then take other people out and train them. Take people out and kickstart them. And now I want to come with the practical thing. How you practical can do it. You learn by doing. And faith is like a muscle. Only, it only grows when you use it. The problem today is many people in church have never used their muscle. So if they are going to lift something heavy, they cannot lift it. Why? Because they have never used the muscle. Or the only time they use the muscle is with some, something heavy. For example, the, many often do that they start with praying for people inside the church. And they pray for the most sick people inside the church who have been praying for thousands of times. And this is the only one they pray for. And this is the worst place you can start. Because inside church there is so much religious force. There is so much tradition. Tradition. And there you die, oh, and you pray long prayer, and, and inside church you think that God hear you because of your long prayer. No. You have to go outside church to start. Go out and see I am with you, Jesus said. Outside church, people don't have the same mindset. People don't, oh, and, and think they are being hear, heard because of the many prayers and a lot of things. And, and think, oh God, now you hear me because of, no. Outside is much easier. Another place people start it is with family members. But it's not easy. Because if you mess up, you they always look at you and think, Oh, he didn't pray. Or he prayed wrong prayer. Nothing happened. And that's why it's often very difficult with families members. It's often very difficult with people you are around in church. But when you go out to people you don't know, then it's different because they don't look at you and think, hey, do you have the gift of healing? They don't know about the gift of healing. They don't look at you and, and know that this is the first time you do it. No, they see you in a totally different way. And th- that's why it's also easier for them to receive. Another thing is easier outside church is that if you mess up, you go away and you don't see them again. You are not going to meet them every day. And that's why it's easier to start with people you don't know. So try to do that. Again, faith is like a muscle. If this is weighing 50 kilos, I'm not able to lift 50 kilos maybe. No. But I'm able to lift 5 kilos. What do I do then? Do I continue trying to lift the 50 kilos and then always, oh, I don't have any faith, I'm not able, I cannot lift anything? No. You can lift a lot. Maybe not 50 kilos right now. But because you cannot lift that 50 kilo, don't mean that you cannot lift anything. And this is what often we do. We start with the most sick people inside the church. And because we are not able to see that person get healed, we think we cannot heal anybody. Yes, you can. You can heal. If you have faith to get saved, you have faith to heal the sick. But do I need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit and baptized in water before? No, you don't need that. That is important. I'm going to talk about that later. But you don't need that. If you have faith to get saved, you have faith to heal the sick. But many start with the 50 kilos. But they're not able to. Leave the 50 kilos. Go out. Get some good experience. And grow your faith. Start with 5 kilos. And then after you have built up with 5 kilos, you go to 10 kilos. After you have built up with 10 kilos, you go to 20 kilos. And then you can lift 50 kilos. This is how many people need to get started. You see your faith like a muscle. It only grows when you use it. Is there something you are not able to lift? Then go and find something else and start lifting that. What is five kilos? What is two kilos? Go out on the street. Find some people, maybe young people. Go to them and ask them, sorry, excuse me, do you have pain in your body somewhere? And find somebody who just has pain in the back, in the shoulder and other thing. and then lay your hands. If this is the shoulder, lay your hands on the shoulder. How shall I pray? Prayer, short prayer. It's not how you pray, it's just to pray. But pray in the name of, I, I, I say to the shoulder, be healed in the name of Jesus. And then say, try it. If it don't work first time, pray again. In the name of Jesus, be healed and try it. Maybe you are not able to lift five kilos. Maybe you can only lift one kilo. Then pray five times. Because then you have lifted the five kilos. Can you see? So if they don't get healed first time, you pray again. You pray again. You pray again. And suddenly, whoa, they are healed. And you are like, whoa, you are healed. So find somebody who has a pain in the back. Say, go to them and say, Excuse me, anybody who's sick, do you have pain somewhere? And then they say, yes, okay, can I pray for you? Take two seconds. Okay, then you lay your hands. God, I pray you're going to heal it back in the name of Jesus' pain. Go right now. And then say, check it. What often happens is like first time, oh, no. Then you pray again, and then, hey, become better. And when you hear it, become better. Faith is rising inside of you, and you pray again, and then it's gone totally. And again, if, don't pray a long prayer, because if you pray a long prayer, oh God, I thank you, and God, you are holy, you are fantastic, and God don't hear us because of all our long prayers. If you pray a long prayer, like one minute, and, and that didn't get healed first time, totally healed, and you say, can I pray again? Many people, no, sorry, I don't have time for that, and then they walk away. But if you pray a short prayer, God thank you because you're going to heal the bag in the name of Jesus. What now? No. Pain go right now. What now? No. Pain go right now. Hey now become better. Pain I command, last pain to go right now in name of Jesus. Hey now I'm healed. So I pray just four times in like 20 seconds. So pray short prayer. Don't close your eyes. Just this is my advice. Just pray, pray a short prayer. And then look at their face, what is happening afterward. Because in their face, you can see like, whoa, it's gone. So the face, you can see what often happened. So this is my advice, what I say to people. Don't go to people and say, excuse me, I'm a Christian. I come from that church. Okay. You can do that, if maybe in, in America. In Denmark, I don't go and say I'm a Christian, but when I w- was in America, I find out that it's good to say that sometimes. So find your own way to do it. In Denmark and many other places, I go and say, excuse me, do you have pain somewhere in the body? And then they say, why? I mean, do you have pain in the shoulder, in the back somewhere? Yeah, pain in the back. Why? And because we have seen people get healed. Can I pray for you? Take two seconds. And then just lay their hands and pray. So start with a smile, excuse me, can I ask you something, I have a funny question, do you have pain in the body somewhere, ask them that, and then talk about the pain, don't talk about Jesus in the beginning, don't talk about the Bible, don't talk about church, talk about the pain, where do you have, how long time have you had, okay, because then they relax and, and they get to know you, if you come and say Jesus from the beginning, they're like, hey, what do you want, so Come, excuse me, do you have pain somewhere? And then pray for them. And when they get healed, you can say, hey, what happened there is what you read in the Bible, I'm a Christian, and Jesus is saying, and then share the gospel to them. If if they don't have pain and they say, why, you just say, oh, it's because I'm a Christian and we pray for sick people and then talk with them about God. This is what I often do. Another thing I want to say is that people often ask, how long time do you pray when when people don't get here with the first pray? How many times do you pray? And this is something you have to feel when you are there, because some people it's okay you continue. Sometimes I invite people home and we continue, continue, continue pray till there is a breakthrough. But you cannot often do that out on the street. So sometimes I ask them if you want you hey, here's my card and we can continue pray later. Another thing I don't say today that people don't get healed if they don't get healed there now. Because I have many, many testimony where it seems like they don't get healed there now, but where they actually got healed. I remember I was in Sweden a short time ago where I was going to, uh, I had some people out on the street and there was the worship leader in a a church and I saw another girl on the other, other side on the street. And I said to the worship leader, come with me. Now we have to go there. God God wants to do something. I felt like led to her. So I said, come with me. And we went there. And I went to this girl and said, excuse me, do you have pain in the body somewhere? And she just, no. Are you sure you don't have pain somewhere? No. Oh. And I was a little surprised. So, but then it came to me. Do you have pain in the stomach? No. And I was like, oh, okay, but, but can I pray for you? And she's like, yes. No feeling, no big thing. And I prayed, oh, God, touch her, God, I thank you. And I really felt led to her. So I was like, oh. So I asked her, what did you experience? And she was, nothing. Oh, You didn't experience anything? No. <laughs> and I was standing there with the worship leader. I was going to show her. I just said, now it's going to be amazing. And nothing happened. And there, I was like, "Oh, okay." And I—it was not easy to speak. She was Swedish, not so good to English. So, so I said to her a little bit, "Just talk with her about Jesus." And I was like, "Oh no!" And and I want to bury a hole and go away or something because I was like, "Oh, it it was one experience I want to forget." And I then later tried to forget that experience. Remember the good things, forget the bad things. This is my way to live. Remember the good things, use that to grow. The bad things, forget it. Forget it. And I tried to forget that experience with this girl. But two months later, I was back in the same city in Sweden, and the youth leader again, worship leader, she said, Hey, do you remember the girl we prayed for some month ago? And I was like... (laughs) I tried to forget, but you, now I remember, and I was like, oh, why do you have to do it like this, and I said, yes, I remember, yeah, this is so fantastic with her, and I I didn't remember it was fantastic, so I, I was like, what, no, what do you mean? Have you not heard? i was like, heard what? Oh, one month later, I was in the city, and I was walking, and suddenly a young girl, or her, come running out of her disco, came to me and said, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you. Do you remember this summer when you and this Danish guy prayed for me? And she said, yes. But he asked me, he had a problem in the stomach. I said, no, I had problem my whole life. But I was afraid to admit it. And when he prayed, I got healed. I have not had problems since that. And he prayed for me again. And he asked me if I met God. I said, no, but I really met God. And I've been thinking of it the last month. And I was like, when she told me that, I was like, whoa. So that experience I want to forget. God came and she said, do you want to meet her? And I said, what do you mean? We are friends now. She's coming to us. Yes, call her. And she came and met God again. (laughs) So what I thought was a bad experience, what was a great testimony. If I then have gone and said nothing happened, I have been given a false testimony. If I have said nothing happened because a lot of things happened. And I have other testimony like that, where I thought nothing happened, but something happened. So I just say, excuse me, can I pray for you? And then pray. And then if they don't exactly get totally healed there, give them a card, give them testimony of God, you know, give them the gospel, talk with them. And then say, if you want more, we can meet again and, and contact me. And then just let them go and see how God is working them. But again... You learn by doing. You find your own way to approach people. You, the most important thing is not how you do it, but just do it. Obey God. And when you first have got kickstart and learned that out on the street... Then you know and you use the muscle. Then it's much easier to pray for family member. Pray for people at your work. Pray for people in the church. Because now you have used the muscle. And then you are trained up. And later you are able to lift the bigger things. The strongest things. So again, follow Jesus. Follow me like I follow Jesus. If you have faith already to go there, do it. But for most people, start small. Start, go out, find somebody who's sick. Lay the hands on them, pray. When you have seen the first one, then next one, and then, and suddenly it's broken after a few hours, it can be big things. (laughs) Like my friend Peter who came, I said to them from Sweden who came, start small and they started small. And they said, there's one in wheelchair. and say, oh, let's start small. And we started small. The day day after, they were out alone. And there they went to someone in a wheelchair who, who got up, who got healed. And it was somehow good I was not there because if I was there that day, I was maybe also have said, oh, let's start small again. But again, don't be limited by what I'm saying. But use what you can use. The most important thing is that you get kick-started. You do what God has commanded you to do. Now is time to do it. You have heard teaching about who we are in Christ. You don't need the gift of healing. He have called everybody to do it. He has called you. You have heard about obedience or knowledge. That is not about a lot of knowledge. It's about obedience. You know now that faith is like a muscle. It grows by using it. Now you need to use it. So I will give you a test. The next week, you have to get kickstarted. Take the next week and pray for some people and see them get healed. What I encourage you to do is do what I tell you to do. Go out on the street. Find at least three people who are sick you have never met before. So go to people, say, excuse me, I need to find somebody who is sick. Uh, anybody of you who have pain somewhere, find people with pain. The most difficult part is often not to pray for them, is to find them. Often you have to stop 10, 20, 30 people before you find somebody. But again, you learn boldness by doing it. Find somebody, say, excuse me, do you have pain? When they, you find someone who has pain, you lay their hands on them. And if they don't get healed first time, you don't stop. Pray at least three times. So find three people who pay, pay pray at least three times. Because you then is going to get surprised. You are going to see That you are able to lift this. You are going to see that those people are getting healed. And you are going to get kickstarted. And it's going to change your life. But you don't need other people to kickstart. Like my friend Don from American. he he, When I was going to go there. He said Tom come and kickstart me. I I look forward to that. And then he said Tom oh I look so much forward I cannot wait. But I want to wait because I want you to kickstart me. But the week after he wrote to me again, Tom, I couldn't wait anymore. I went out alone and many people got healed and now I'm training other people. So just by taking some teaching, just by hearing what I'm saying to you, you can go out and do it. You don't need other people to kickstart you. You can do it alone. Like the video I showed, talked about last time with the guy from India, he just went out and did it alone. You can do it. If you don't have what it takes, find somebody who have, has it. Find somebody who can kickstart you, who can help you. Maybe they have not prayed for people before, but they are more bold in approaching people. Then find them. And what, what I would just want to say, God has spoken to me just yesterday that the first le- six lesson on the Bible school, I have to put out. So this lesson and the other five lesson is for everybody. It's just out on the internet right now. So you don't have to go on a pioneer school to, to see this lesson right now. So I want to say, take this lesson, find some people in your church, Christian you know, who's more bold than you, see this teaching and then decide, now we go out and try it. And then just do it. Yeah, but, but can I pray for people? I'm also sick. But if you are sick, then you need to do it. But give and it shall be given to you. If you give your break to the hungry, your wound is going to get healed, the Bible says. I think it's so important if if you are sick that you train your muscle to And you do that by praying for other people. Yes, you can pray for other people when you're sick. Yes, you can pray when you're still not baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can pray when you're still not baptized in water. Yes, you can pray when you still have things you're fighting with. Because when you start to get kickstarted, it can help you to do the other things. But it's important to get baptized with water. It's important to do that. the other things. And this is what I'm going to speak about the next time. Because this is so easy, but it's important we get the gospel with us. It's important we know what the gospel is all about. The next time, I'm going to talk about what the gospel is. And I'm going to really provoke you. And you're going to get a lot of things out of it with the glasses. (laughs) But now we start with healing. So you can go out. So I encourage you. I bless you. I send you out in the name of Jesus. Take the next week. Pray for the first person who's going to get healed. Get kickstarted. Start to use your faith. Can you not do it alone? Find somebody near you who can help you. If you don't have Then we try to organize people around you who can kickstart you. But we have it right now in Holland. We have Sweden. We have Denmark. We have other places. And I think in the near future, we have people all over in the world who's able to kickstart other people. But right now, we don't have it. So find somebody. And then when you have learned it, then write to me. I'm ready to help to kickstart other people. (laughs) Because then we can use you and send other people to you so you can help them to get kickstarted. So I just encourage you, go out and I look so much forward to get a lot of, lot of testimonies. All over the world that the first person have got healed to you. And then later it's the next person. And then later, later your faith muscle is going to grow. And then it's bigger things. And then it's bigger things. And then you lead people to Christ. Then you baptize them in water. Then you baptize with the Holy Spirit. And then new churches, new fellowship is starting. So start with the first step. Go out. Learn to heal the sick by getting the first step. Get kickstarted. And then the next lesson, I'm going to take time, a lot of time to talk about the gospel. What is the gospel? So you are not deceived. What is is the gospel? So you give the right gospel to the other people. So they are not going to be deceived. And we are going to see strong Christians who repent, get baptized with the Holy Spirit, take the cross up, follow Jesus. Look forward to hear the testimonies. God bless you.